The Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, and my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing all the crazy ways that our wonderful foot can malfunction and cause us problems. So please find us on all the platforms where you find your typical podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rafi Hussain. And we are going to be discussing plantar plate repairs or plantar plate tears and the dreaded crossover toe. Man, we've got entire days, entire days assigned to this problem at our national surgical meetings. The American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons, there are whole days talking about, okay, what do you do about the crossover second toe? Because it's that hard to fix. Yeah, it's it's a balancing act. And that's what people don't understand. They're like, oh, it's such a small problem. It's just toes. It's nothing big. But it's like you're, you're... Trying to balance a tiny object using multiple tendons to try to realign everything. It's an incredibly unstable problem. And in some cases in the elderly population, we just choose to amputate. I mean, yeah. it's for those folks, it's sometimes easier to take that, that second toe off. It's so dislocated. It's so out of position. All that you'd have to do to, to completely reconstruct the forefoot to get the toe back in place for some folks doesn't make sense. But, yeah. but we'll certainly go through that whole, the whole gamut here. So, plantar plate repairs, a.k.a. crossover toes. So, what happens? Patients come in, they're complaining about pain in the bottom of their foot. Um, They'll use terms like, oh, it feels like I'm walking on stones. It feels Mm -hmm. like I'm walking on marbles. It's just so hard for me to walk on hard surfaces. And they won't have any calluses or anything like that necessarily. They'll just have diffuse pain, um, pinpoint pain, under the second metatarsal head, or whatever metatarsal, usually it's the second metatarsal Mm -hmm. head, most commonly. Um, we'll see some drifting of the toes, like you can kind of see here. Yeah, the beginning beginning of the end. Yeah, and then as it gets worse and worse, it'll kind of cross over more. Yep. And commonly, we'll see these in conjunction with bunions and hammer toes. But this plantar plate rupture uh, problem is a specific problem that you do an additional procedure or additional surgery uh, in conjunction to these problems. So a lot of the x-rays that we'll be showing here will show like bunion procedures and hammer toe procedures, but um, we'll point out what we're doing specific to repair the plantar plate. So what what is the plantar plate? I mean, what's going on? So the plantar plate is the thickening of the plantar capsule um, pretty much under your metatarsal phalangea joint. It's the articular surface um, cushion, so when you're hitting the ground. It's about two millimeters thick, it's nice and robust, 
And obviously with wear and tear, it can tear. Mm. The hard part, like we were talking about, it's, it's, it has multiple attachments, the base of the proximal phalanx, the head of the metatarsal, but then in conjunction to that, you have the lumbricals, um, you have the plantar fascia, which attaches to it. Um, the flexors run just under it, and sometimes we'll use those to act as an adjunct. And then we'll have the deep transverse metatarsal ligament coming across there. Aside from the suspensory collateral ligaments, um, we pretty much have everything attached to the plantar plate, and that's why it's kind of so difficult to treat these. It's a, it's a complex balancing act between ligaments and the plantar plate holding that second toe where it's supposed to be. And when you have the great toe shoving it out of the way. Yeah, it's being bullied over. Right. You, you can end up rupturing those collateral ligaments, and that's when you see the toe start to sort of um, spring over and pop over the big toe. So commonly, the plantar plate, aside from the bottom portion tearing, the lateral collateral ligaments will start giving out also. And that's just due to the, the bullied nature of mm-hmm. that toe kind of pushing it up. And then as you're walking on it, that rotated angle puts stress along those um, collateral ligaments. And they either rupture or they become so stretched out that they're not doing their job anymore. Either way, you've got to utilize them. Yeah, there's different classification systems and how bad these things are. We don't necessarily use them. It doesn't change the uh, treatment options. Things that we're looking at, um, if there's a... So here's a picture of... um, um, someone who monitored their foot, I think it was like over like a five-year period or four-year period, and uh, they had pain. They watched that toe kind of drift over, and now you kind of see how it kind of just gave out, the lateral collateral mm-hmm. gave out, and the bunion is obviously uh, crisscrossing under there. The deformity can um, present as a simple lift. You have the lack of purchase. Sometimes they'll do like that that little paper pull test, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Um, it's one of those uh, silly things, but I mean, it, it tells you if there's a lack of purchase. Obviously, if it's <laughs> so far gone, uh, obviously there's no purchase. That's pretty um, easy to diagnose when you see that. This right here, sometimes you'll see that lateral drift, I mean the medial drift, more than you'll see the um, the plantar plate uh, tearing and lifting up. You'll see sometimes that drift over. It's called the Churchill sign. Or <laughs> Sullivan sign. Or Sullivan sign, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and Sullivan sign... Uh, was really sort of, uh, I, I think, um, popularized by looking at a space-occupying lesion in the third inner space, pushing the metatarsal heads together, yeah. and then allowing that second toe to drift where you get the peace sign. But, you know, clearly in this case, it's more than just a Sullivan sign. You've got some instability at that second metatarsal phalangeal joint. So let's go over um, kind of what's happening. So we have the hammer toe deformity, right? pushing it back, most common cause for this, hammer toes and bunions. Um, that plantar plate gets overstretched. The plantar fascia is obviously pulling back on it. The metatarsals are trying to strum down, and that, that stretch of that plantar plate starts giving. That's where most commonly the plantar, the, the, the surface uh, against the ground, that aspect starts giving out. The tendons and ligaments around it obviously will start giving out also. Um, depending on the deformity and if there's like bunion deformities or other foot deformities pushing it out. The most common start to these problems uh, uh, is along the plantar aspect. So we'll get some imaging. We'll see what's going on. We'll see if we're missing anything. Commonly, all we're seeing is kind of the, the hammer toe deformity. You can kind of see it on the, the lateral and the obliques. Mm-hmm. Um, here you kind of see that lack of joint space, but what's really happening is that toe is kind of drifting up. So if you're looking at it from the top, you're kind of seeing that toe drifting up. So obviously, if you're looking at it like this, that joint space is 
is you know but, uh, overlapped. But, but that in that picture there, I mean, that's an opportunity to intervene. Yeah, like, that's you fix that, If you fix that bunion deformity, fix the hammer toe, likely yeah, you'll be able to prevent that crossover toe completely. Here you can kind of see how it gets worse and worse. That drift. Yeah. It looks like they had a bunion procedure in the past. Mm. They didn't address the uh, the hammer toe deformities. Obviously. Well, they may have. It looks like that second uh, proximal phalangeal head's yeah, been removed. Maybe. But it didn't. It didn't fuse, and they weren't able to stabilize the metatarsal phalangeal joint. But you can see the lateral collateral ligament is just yeah, done. It's gone. It's not doing anything. Sometimes we'll get ultrasounds. Now, the, the trick with ultrasounds is very user-dependent, so I don't like to rely highly on these. Uh, we'll get the imaging if we can, um, but most of the time the patient is too tender. You can't press on it. It's, it's pressure from the ultrasound on there. But if you can and you're comfortable, you can kind of see this is the, the toe, right? Imagine the toe's out here. This is the second metatarsal head, the shaft going back this way. This is the plantar plate coming across here, and this gap right here, the, the hypoechoic area, that's the... Um, that fluid, that in, um, it's the edema. Yeah, it's the literally it's the fluid showing between that gap. Right. Obviously, if the gap wasn't there, uh, you wouldn't have that fluid there. Here, this is a uh, right side, left side, left side. You can kind of see is the injured side. The right side, you have that nice healthy space. Mm -hmm. um, the you normal can, joint fluid. You can see and all those layers really easily. Here, yeah. this is um, uh, the flexor coming across there. That's literally the flexor. That's the plantar plate right there. This is a nice healthy plantar plate this unhealthy plantar plate. Um, so here, if you want to look, that's the flexor coming across here, uh, flexor genitum longus, and here's that plantar plate, and then the gap, and then here, the proximal aspect. I mean, it's nice kind of seeing that side-by-side, -side before and after type of thing. I put this picture here because it's upside down, and it kind of helps. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how you'd see it from an ultrasound standpoint, exactly. All right, so... Ultrasound aside, we'll get some MRIs. We'll kind of see what's going on. So uh, same thing. Here's a good anatomy kind of drawing of what we're seeing. Healthy, unhealthy, that plantar plate tear. That's that same thing we're looking at, that lack of continuity of that plantar plate coming across. This should be nice, healthy. Here you can even see chondrocalcinosis. Pretty much uh, chondrocalcinosis is um, the um, calcification of the, oh, the uh, cartilage, yeah, yeah. whatever portion. Um, over time, if it gets angered, it'll happen. Same thing we kind of see with the uh, tendons, uh, very common Achilles tendons where... Mm -hmm. uh, you you get mineral deposits in the tendon itself. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of see them on the x-rays and stuff, and obviously mm -hmm. with the ultrasound. All right, MRIs. So MRIs are nice. They're very um, useful, uh, depending on who you read, um, just because it's such a small deformity. A couple papers have said between 95 to 70% visualization rate. So these just because sometimes you can kind of get those thin slices, and if the slices are too thick then I'll just kind of jump You'll over miss it. Yeah. Whenever we order these, we typically will order like one millimeter slices um, in that area just to make sure that we don't miss anything. So here you can see T1, um, that gap coming across here. That, that should be continuous. Yeah, that yeah. should be literally coming all the way to the end. Here, T2, I believe this is fat suppressed. Um, so we're seeing fluid in the gap. Yeah, yeah, yep. and that should not be there. Here, this is nice. They show the collateral ligaments also. Um, this is what normal uh, yeah. lateral collateral ligaments should look like. It's this gone. obviously is gone. Yeah. This is kind of still there. You can kind of see that it has some slack on there just because how much it's drifted over. Mm. And then here you can see, um, same thing, the medial collateral ligaments um, intact. Lateral collateral ligaments have completely gone. That's probably the area where it's literally ruptured and they're getting that slice right through there. Mm -hmm. All right, conservative therapy. 
So there's not really much you can do conservative therapy-wise, um, and it does take a long time. Most of the papers show that between three to six months of conservative therapy, uh, you may have some success. You're, I mean, you're trying a, to just get it to scar in okay. Yeah. And using the tape and padding to to alleviate some of that positional problem, but I haven't found that to be very effective long term. No. no. It, just because you're walking on this, it's so so hard. You have to understand. Um, if this was your finger, we can strap that down. You're not walking on your hand. <laughs> you're walking on these, and that's the hard part. Uh, sometimes if you can immobilize them, put them in some heel lifts, take the pressure off that forefoot, that also helps out. But here, simple taping. I like to use a coban or like I tell, I tell my patients to get those uh, children's headbands, like the flat wide ones. You can crisscross it over the toe and bring mm. it around the heel. Um, there's uh, devices that are made specific to this. You can obviously tape them down. Taping, obviously, if you're doing it daily, becomes really tender and raw to the skin sometimes. So that's why I like the little other tricks better. Um, and then the other thing is shoe gear modification. Avoid flats, avoid flexible shoe gear. There's a huge trend right now for barefoot running, feel the ground, the shoe commercials, you can kind of see them rolling their shoes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many problems are happening because of it. Well, thank you, uh, Nike and all those. But, right. Uh, um, you should send them, you know, thank you cards. <laughs> but as far as shoe gear goes for these type of problems, we do like to use rocker bottom shoes or stiff shoes, hiking boots, uh, construction shoes. I have patients who say that they feel so much better in their construction boots, but it's not like they can wear those all the time. Mm. Um, the rocker bottom shoes are nice because obviously it's a stiff platform and that rocker bottom to that shoe allows functional movement rather than flexing across those toes. And if you're catching these early where they have that pinpoint capsulitis or that pinpoint yeah. pain, then the offloading and the other things are, are really pretty effective because they haven't had the deformity. They haven't had the architectural problem. And so, yeah, that, that stuff works so much better when you catch it early. Yeah, and, and a lot of the times so patients will put up with this, and that's when we catch it lower towards the, the end of the problem. That's the hard part. Mm. We'd rather you come in, but most people are like, oh, it's a toe problem. It'll go, go better. I'll wear different shoes. Oh, it's probably because I wore dress shoes on Sunday. You know, Rationalize it. Yeah. yeah. Boots, shoes, surgical shoes, uh, some orthotics. I do love orthotics for these, even after the surgery. Yeah. Um, the surgery, uh, aside from fixing the problem, this is something that we can do after the surgery to make sure that it doesn't hopefully uh, come back or uh, affect the other toes. Um, you can do steroid shots. I'm not a big fan of steroid shots. I'll do maybe one or two. I don't like to go uh, too aggressive with plantar plate ruptures with steroids. Yes, it brings the inflammation down. Yes, it alleviates some of the pain, but it's a steroid. You got to think steroids do hinder somewhat of the healing process when we're right. talking about plantar plate repair or any uh, repairs. Um, so yeah, the, the second ray cutout, the second med head cutouts, those are, those are helpful. Yeah. When you catch this and it's just capsulitis, yeah, I think those are great. All right, surgery. So this is probably the most common type of surgery that people do for plantar plate repairs. Um, this is the I typically do. We'll go in and you can see that plantar plate has been injured. Typically we'll release it all the way from the plantar aspect of the uh, proximal phalanx space. And we'll go back and we'll do our osteotomy here, uh, our wild osteotomy. Pretty much most of the time when we have these problems, we're trying to balance that second metatarsal uh, in relation to the other metatarsals around it. Uh, the goal being a very slight parabola. Uh, a lot of the times with these, you'll notice that the second metatarsal is long, and that's one of the predisposing factors to these. Um, so we'll go back, we'll shorten the uh, metatarsal, we'll fixate them using our, our screws or pins or whatever people wanted to use, um, and then we'll talk about going in and repairing this directly using graphs, using uh, tendon synthetic graphs, whatever you want to use, whatever people want to use nowadays. Um, but this we, is kind we of what we're using Ardalon. 
uh, as a replacement yeah, or an your, your synthetic, um, mm-hmm. and they work great. You're bolstering <clears throat> that support there. It was popularized by my my buddy Rich Adams from Granbury. So here's shout out. <laughs> so here's the uh, the wild procedure we were talking about. You can kind of see in this case the patient had a long second metatarsal. They went back and they shortened it some. Uh, got everything else in good alignment. Well, that got longer when they did the the bunion. That bunion, yeah. yeah that shortened the first ray. So that, that definitely doesn't help. Yeah, this procedure is as straightforward as it gets. Literally go in, we do a transverse cut all the way across, pretty much parallel to the ground. We'll shift it back, um, fixate it one or two screws, and we'll nip off the end that's uh, too long. That also gives us some space in surgery while we're in there to help um, bring some of that slack back from that plantar plate so we can attach it if we're doing it the direct repair style. Um, so when we're talking about the direct repair style, we're pretty much taking that plantar plate. There's, I don't know, so many different suture patches on the market. Uh, hat trick, uh, Vilex, I think Vilex, if, I don't know. Hat trick, uh, Cobra, Viper, they all have these funny Scorpion. names. Scorpion, yeah. Gravity, uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of different ones. Um, but anyways, the purpose is they're, they're suture passers, and then they give you a little fixation technique to the base of the uh, proximal phalanx. Single fixation, uh, you can do uh, crossing where you tie it at the top. Uh, you can do um, the knotless suture anchors. Uh, there's, a different, there's tons of different ones. But you'll see commonly that um, uh, the suture will be passed um, into the base of the proximal phalanx, and that's just because the tear is so close to the base. What is your opinion on the fiddle factor? With those systems, Ugh, there high, high is fiddle factor. So much fiddle. <laughs> they they give you this claw-like looking device, and it's all right. How how can I explain it? It's as big as the end of a sharpie, right? Like mm-hmm. the back end of like a sharpie, mm-hmm. right? And you're putting it in there, and the joint space is already this much, and you're trying to grab a, almost like a little piece of piece of tissue paper. It's it's so difficult. Yeah, the, I think the the barrier to entry on that thing is the fiddle factor on, on most of those sets. Yeah. And so I kind of went, I, I used them for a while and then kind of went back to doing planner. Do hands? Well, just doing a planner approach. Oh, oh yeah. Planner, so I do have that in there. there. Yeah. I've actually, um, I've only done them a couple times, the planter approach. Um, I like it because I can see the whole thing's right out in front of you. Yeah. You can repair it with, you know, How do you do your wiles like. then? Uh, you just go through the top. Oh, okay. I mean, you just go. You still go through the nice. top. And, and I don't do wiles on every one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's needed. Yeah, if it's necessary, you just still just go through the top. Yeah. All right. Which is probably a disadvantage because you're doing two incisions, but man, it reduces the fiddle factor. Yeah. And then you have a direct visualization, oh, yeah. direct repair, yeah. rather than trying to do surgery on the bottom of the foot From the top through the top. The which I, you know, I can see why it appeals to a lot of folks. I just think the the fiddle factor for me was was just tremendous. Turn me off. So here, here's the planter approach. Yeah. So this is right exactly there. what I mean, Dr. D is talking yeah. about. Is it hard to see the, the rupture? No. <laughs> it's no, right it's, in front it's, of you. This, so this is the rupture right before dissection. This is your tendons that they pulled over. This is the rupture of the tear. What they did was ellipse out the, the mm-hmm. rupture. And then they do a direct repair. And in this case, they also do the flexor tendon transfer. And if you want to do yep. your synthetic grafts, if you want to do sure. your artelons, if you want to do umbilical cord, whatever you want to do, you can do it on this part also. I think the original idea uh, for a lot of those other sets was to avoid a plantar incision. Yeah, that's but exactly. Plantar incisions heal beautifully. Yeah, if you do your, your lazy S style, so yeah. you avoid the, the, um, the, the straight line. Yeah, if you avoid the pressure spot. Right. Um, also, I think in this paper they were talking about doing an ellipse style up here. So the skin also helps mm. bring it down, which is nice because I do those for my, my fifth toes quite mm-hmm. often. Um, they work wonderfully. 
And, um, and so what they do is they, they direct repair that plantar plate rupture using whatever type of suture they like. I typically would probably use absorbable for these um, just because it heals up so well. And then you also have the other um, uh, soft tissue components around it. Uh, then you do the tendon transfer where you take that flux digital from longus um, and you obviously most of the times you're doing some type of hammer toe repair with these and they'll tag it down to the, uh, the base of the proximal phalanx. So they'll find the flexor They'll bring that toe down just slightly so you have a little bit of tension on there, and they'll direct repair it. Then obviously they'll bring up soft tissue around it, make sure there's no angular deformity. Um, but yeah, uh, and these are tiny anchors. These are like 1.5 millimeter oh, tiny. Uh, Arthrex uh, corkscrew yeah. anchor is my favorite. That looks like a MyTech. Yeah, look how tiny that anchor is. Yeah. I mean, think how tiny this bone is, and yeah. think how much smaller that anchor is. So it's you know I think that's an effective way to do it as well. I, I'm I just I find it quicker, faster. Okay. Better. There's the incision. I don't yeah, know why that, that was on a separate exactly slide. Exactly the incision I use. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you look great. So here is the Arbalon <laughs> style. Uh, this is showing from the top. Um, or if you can where use whatever you, other. Um, where you find these gifts. <laughs> oh so in this case, uh, they did crossover style where they take it from the metatarsal head. So metatarsal head. They put a drill hole. They bring it down and around. So they bring it down and around pretty much. Uh, making your own planter plate, same thing as before. Instead of directly going from the bottom, they have to loop it under. And this one, that, that's the actual Ardalon. That is Ardalon. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. That's exactly the way we were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it works great. They'll they'll tag down the toe. They'll bring it back to where they feel like the the tension is appropriate, you, and then they'll tag it up top. And they, that material is really interesting because it'll hang around for about seven years. Yeah, and then it allows a scaffold for your body to kind of your body will to. replace all that with its own tissue time which i think is is nice yeah here it looks like they did a little um arthroplasty also yeah a little hammer tail repair mm -hmm. all right a lot of times after these type of surgeries i'll leave a k-wire in there to kind of hold that correction yes we did everything around it but everything we did around it is soft tissue and it's a balancing on that the metatarsal head right so here's the before here are some afters here you can kind of see that they did quite a bit of bunion surgery or hammer toe surgery. These are different patients, but yeah. um, fuse that that great toe joint. So that must have been a pretty significant bunion, or, or maybe a redo. Yeah, uh, but anyways, that K wire will hold that correction. Typically, we'll leave it in there for about four to six weeks. I don't know how long do you do. You, how long yeah, you? about then. But I, I try not to let mine do what that far right picture is doing. Yeah, that looks like they cocked it on something. You know, just you know, that's when um, patients take the shoe off or boot off, and I'll catch that little hook on the end. And that's why a lot of the times uh, I'll put like the sponge over or use those little balls. We use the Jergens balls. Jergens yeah. balls, yeah. yeah those um, those the are risk nice. with those hooks, obviously, it's going to catch on something. Um, but anyways, the, the K-wires will stay in. And they'll have them in there for about four to six weeks. Once everything kind of looks stable, you kind of take them out, pull them out, and press the change-o. Now you have a balanced foot. The recovery for this is pretty straightforward. Um, some people keep them off weight-bearing, depending on the, the procedures they're doing. Some people keep them on uh, these four-foot rocker shoes, boots, whatever, uh, casts. Um, a lot of the times after surgery, I will recommend patients to continue doing the splinting just as an additional stability. They can use tape. They can use the fancy splints. The other thing, I think, though, is what you're trying to accomplish with that is you're trying to stretch that scar. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times it, they've had enough contracture in the skin that that's pulling the toe up so you can stretch all that. So that is a, I think that's a, a valid use of that technology to try to stretch that dorsal scar so you don't allow the toe to get pulled back up. Yeah, and then afterwards, I 100% recommend them getting to orthotics. Simple, yeah. 
Uh, it's like a little insurance policy to make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. There were forces that led to all of these deformities that you need to neutralize, yeah. and, and orthotics are a good way to do that. Yeah, you didn't catch it on something. Most likely, you didn't catch it on something. Right. It's not like you walked and caught like the carpet or something and it tore something. Um, this happens to wear tear deformity. If it happened on one side, obviously it can happen on the other side, or it can happen on the other toes next to it. Um, the orthotics, simple, simple insurance policy to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And um, patients are usually a lot more comfortable with them in them regardless. But yeah, that's plantar plate repair as far as basic surgery. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to go really in-depth, we can talk about like hemi implants and fusions. And that's when they get really, really bad and, and everything else is failed. But this is pretty much the, uh, the go-to styles uh, for plantar plate repair or your, your crossover toe deformity. Well, Dr. Hussein, thank you very much for that. And uh, this was our... Let's see, how many episodes have this we done now? the 31st episode. 31st episode. We are uh, in the, uh, the first week of September, the first day of September in 2021, still recovering from COVID. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. And uh, please leave us some comments, uh, like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, be safe. See y'all next time. Bye-bye.